This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. We dive into stories of true crime, from unsolved cold cases, to historic kidnapping, to gangsters, and beyond. We are your source for true crime. We thank you for listening. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. I am your host, Larry Elise, and welcome to Season 9 of the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Today, we're diving into cults. The start of a uh, season that we're going to call Decoding Cults. First up, we have Heaven's Gate. But before we get into that, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Audible, for sponsoring this episode. Audible is a massive library of audiobooks from every genre. They've got everything from the latest bestsellers to those old classics you've always wanted to read, but just never got around to it. And they've got a huge range of genres. Romance, mystery, sci-fi, fantasy, whatever floats your boat. It's super easy to get started with Audible too. All you need is an internet connection, a smartphone, tablet, computer. You can listen at home or at work, on the train, during commute, while walking the dog. You get the picture. It's basically endless content for endless moments in life. And if you want a free three-month trial and a free audiobook of your choice, head on over to audibletrial.com slash Larry21. As always, the link is in the description. And now on to today's topic. Heaven's Gate was an American new religious movement founded in 1974 and led by Bonnie Nettles and Marshall Applewhite. Known within the movement as T and Do, respectively, Nettles and Applewhite first met in 1972 and went on a journey of spiritual discovery, identifying themselves as the two witnesses of Revelation, attracting a following of several hundred people in the mid-70s. In 1976, the group stopped recruiting and instituted a monastic lifestyle. Scholars have described the theology of Heaven's Gate as a mixture of Christian millennialism, New Age, and UFOlogy. And as such, it has been characterized as a UFO religion. The central belief of the group was that the followers could transform themselves into immortal extraterrestrial beings by rejecting their human nature, and they would ascend to heaven, referred to as the next level the evolutionary level above human. The death of Nettles from cancer in 1985 challenged the group's views on ascension, where they originally believed that they would ascend to heaven while alive aboard a UFO. They later came to believe that the body was merely a container, or a vehicle for the soul, and that their consciousness would be transferred to new next-level bodies upon death. Sadly, on March 26, 1997, deputies of the San Diego County Sheriff's Department discovered the bodies of 39 active members of the group, including that of Applewhite, in a house in the San Diego suburbs of Rancho Santa Fe. They had participated in a mass suicide, a 
coordinated series of ritual suicides, coinciding with the closest approach of Comet Hail Bop. Just before the mass suicide, the group's website was updated with the message, Haley Bop brings closure to Heaven's Gate. Our 22 years of classroom here on planet Earth is finally coming to a conclusion. Graduation from the human evolutionary level. We are happily prepared to leave this world and go with T's crew. The name's Heaven's Gate was only used for the final few years of the group's existence, and they had previously been known under the names Human Individual Metamorphosis and Total Overcomers Anonymous. Well, let's dive even further into this infamous cult. Starting off with who Applewhite was. The son of a Presbyterian minister and a former soldier, Marshall Applewhite began his foray into biblical prophecy in the early 70s. After being fired from the University of St. Thomas in Houston, Texas over an alleged relationship with one of his male students, he met Bonnie Nettles, a 44-year-old married nurse with an interest in theosophy and biblical prophecy in March 1972. The circumstances of their meeting are unclear. According to the writings, the two met in the hospital where she worked while he was visiting a sick friend there. It has been rumored that it was a psychiatric hospital, but another account had Nettles substituting for a nurse working with premature babies in the nursery. Applewhite later recalled that he felt that he had known Nettles for a long time and concluded that they had met in a past life. She told him their meetings had been foretold to her by, by extraterrestrials, persuading him that he had a divine ass assignment. Applewhite and Nettles pondered the life of St. Francis of Assisi and read works by Helena Blavatsky and Richard Bach. They kept a King James Bible and studied passages from the New Testament focusing on Christ Christology, Sedentism, and Eschatology. Apologies for butchering these names. Applewhite also read science fiction, including works by Robert Heinlein and Arthur C. Clarke. On June 19th, Applewhite and Nettles' beliefs had solidified. They concluded that they had been chosen to fulfill biblical prophecies and that they had been given higher-level minds than other people. They wrote a pamphlet that described Jesus' reincarnation as a Texan, a veiled reference to Applewhite. Furthermore, they concluded that they were the two witnesses described in the Book of Revelation and occasionally visited churches or other spiritual groups to speak of their identities, often referring to themselves as the two, or the UFO two. They believed they would be killed and then resurrected and, in view of others, transported onto a spaceship. This event, which they referred to as the demonstration, was to prove their claims. To their dismay, these ideas were poorly received by other religious groups. The two would gain their first follower, Sharon Morgan, in May 1974, abandoning her children to join them. A month later, Sharon left the two and returned to her family. Nettles and Applewhite were arrested and charged with credit card fraud for using Morgan's cards, despite the fact that she had consented to their use. The charges were later dropped, however a routine check brought up that Applewhite had stolen a rental car from St. Louis nine months earlier, which he still possessed. Applewhite then spent six months in jail, primarily in Missouri, and was released in early 1975, and subsequently rejoining Nettles. Eventually, the two resolved to contact extraterrestrials, and they sought like-minded followers. They published advertisements for meetings where they recruited disciples whom they called the crew. At the events, they purported to represent beings from another planet, 
the next level. To start participants for an experiment, they stated that those who agreed to take part in the experiment would be brought to a higher evolutionary level. In April 1975, during a meeting with a metaphysical group of 80 people led by Clarence King in Joan Culpepper's Studio City, Los Angeles home, they shared their simultaneous revelation that they had been told they were the two witnesses in the Bible's story of the end time. According to Benjamin Zeller, while accounts of the meetings differ, all describe it as a momentous and agree that Applewhite and Nettles presented themselves as charismatic leaders with an important spiritual message. Around 25 individuals were induced to, to join the group. Heaven's Gate received coverage in Jacques Vallée's book, Messengers of Deception, in which the author described an unusual public meeting organized by the group. He expressed concerns about contactee groups, authoritarian political and religious outlooks, and Heaven's Gate did not escape criticism. Known to the media, though largely ignored, Heaven's Gate Heaven's Gate was better known in UFO circles and through a series of academic studies by sociologist Robert Balch. In 1994, the LA Weekly ran an article on the group, then known as the Total Overcomers. Richard Ford, who would later play a key role in the 97 group suicide, discovered Heaven's Gate through the article and eventually joined them, renaming himself Rio D'Angelo. Coast to Coast AM host Art Bell discussed the theory of the companion object in the shadow of Haley Bopp on several programs as early as November 1996. Speculation has been raised as to whether Bell's programs contributed to Heaven's Gate's group suicide, which knowledge fight host Dan Friesen blames more on Courtney Brown rather than Bell. Louis Thoreau contacted Heaven's Gate's Gate for his BBC Two documentary series, Weird Weekends. In early March 1997, in response to his email, Thoreau was told that Heaven's Gate could not take part in the documentary because at the present time, a project like this would be an interference with what we must focus on. In October 1996, the group rented a large home, which they called the Monastery, a 9,200-square-feet mansion located near 18341 Colina Norte in Rancho Santa Fe, California. They paid $7,000 per month in cash. The same month, the group purchased alien abduction insurance that would cover up to 50 members and would pay out $1 million per person. The policy covered abduction, impregnation, or death by aliens. Prior to this, in June 1995, they had purchased land near Manzano, New Mexico and began creating a compound out of rubber tires and concrete, but left abruptly in April 1996. On March 19th to the 20th, 1997, Marshall Applewhite taped himself in Dew's final exit, speaking of a mass suicide and the only way to evacuate this Earth. After asserting that a spacecraft was tra trailing Comet Haley Bop, and that this event would represent the closure to Heaven's Gate, Applewhite persuaded 38 followers to prepare for ritual suicide so their souls could board the supposed craft. Applewhite believed that after their deaths, a UFO would take their souls to another level of existence above human, which he described as being both physical and spiritual. Their preparations included each member videotaping a farewell message. To kill themselves, members took 
uh, fennel barbitol mixed with applesauce or pudding and washed it down with vodka. They secured plastic bags around their heads after ingesting the mix to induce asphyxiation. All 39 were dressed in identical black shirts and sweatpants, brand new black and white Nike Decade athletic shoes, and armband patches reading Heaven's Gate Away Team. One of the many instances of the group's use of the fictional universe of Star Trek, each member has carried a $5 bill and three quarters in their pockets. According to former members, this was standard for members leaving the home for jobs and a humorous way to tell us they all had left the planet uh, permanently. The $5 bill was for covering the cost of vagrancy laws and the quarters were call for calling home from payphones. Although another former member known as Sawyer stated that it was a reference to a Mark T Twain story which said 575 was the cost to ride the tail of a comet to heaven. After each one died, a living member would arrange the body by removing the plastic bag from the person's head, followed by, po by posing the body so that it lay neatly in its own bed, with faces and torsos covered by square purple cloth for privacy. In an interview with Harry Robinson, the two surviving members said that the identical clothing was a uniform, representing unity for the mass suicide while the Nike Decades were chosen because the group got a good deal on the shoes. Apple White was also a fan of Nikes, and therefore, everyone was expected to wear and like Nikes within the group. Heaven's Gate also had a saying, just do it, echoing Nike's slogan, they pronounced do as a doe to reflect Apple White's nickname. The 39 adherents, 21 women and 18 men between the ages of 26 and 72, are believed to have died in three groups over three successive days, with remaining participants cleaning up after each prior group's deaths. The suicides occurred in groups of 15, 15, and 9, between approximately March 22nd and 26th. Among the dead was Thomas Nichols, brother of actress Nichelle Nichols, who was best known for her role as Yehora in the original TV series of Star Trek. Leader Applewhite was the third to last member to die. Two people remained after him and were the only one found with bags over their heads and not having purple cloths covering their top halves. Before the last of the suicides, similar sets of packages were sent to numerous Heaven's Gate affiliated individuals and at least one media outlet, the BBC department, responsible for weird weekends for which Heaven's Gate had earlier declined participation. Among those in the list of recipients was Rio D'Angelo. The package received on the evening of March 25th and other packages sent contained two VHS videotapes, one with final exit and the other with the farewell messages of group followers. It also contained a letter stating that among other things, we have exited our vehicles just as we entered them. D'Angelo informed his boss of the contents of the package and then received a ride from him from Los Angeles to that Rancho Santa Fe home so he could verify the letter. D'Angelo found a back door intentionally left unlocked to allow access and used a video camera to record what he found. After leaving the house, D'Angelo's boss who had waited outside encouraged him to make calls alerting the authorities. The San Diego County Sheriff's Department received an anonymous tip through the 911 system at 3.15 p.m. on March 26, suggesting they quote, check on the welfare, welfare of the residents. Days after the suicide, the caller was revealed to be D'Angelo. 
The Heaven's Gate's deaths were widely publicized in the media as an example of mass suicide. When the news broke of its relation to Comet Haley Bopp, the co-discoverer of the comet, was drawn into the story. Hale's phone never stopped ringing the entire day. He chose not to respond until he spoke the next day at a press conference after researching the details of the incident. Hale said that well before Heaven's Gate, he had told a colleague, quote, we are probably going to have some suicides as a result of this comet. The sad part is that I was really not surprised. Comets are lovely objects, but they don't have apocalyptic significance. We must use our minds, our reason. News of the 39 deaths in Rancho Santa Fe motivated the copycat suicide of a 58-year-old man living, living near Marysville, California. The man left a note dated March 27th, which said, I'm going on the spaceship with Haley Bopp to be with those who have gone before me, and imitated some of the details of the Heaven's Gate suicides as they had been reported. The man was found dead by a friend on March 31st and had no known connection with Heaven's Gate. At least three former members of Heaven's Gate died by suicide in the months following the mass suicide. On May 6, 1997, Wayne Cook and Chuck Humphrey attempted suicide in a hotel in a manner similar to that used by the group. Cook died, but Humphrey survived. Another former member, James Perky Jr., died by suicide by self-inflicted gunshot on May 11. Although most people consider the event a mass suicide, sociologist and former member of a cult, not even going to try to say the person's name, referred to the event as murder. Two former members, Mark and Sarah King of Phoenix, Arizona, operating as the Tele Foundation, are believed to maintain the group's website. As of 2017, there has been no evident growth, as after the mass suicide, the group fell into obscurity, relying mainly on their website for recruitment. A group open only to adults over the age of 18, members gave up their positions and lived in excletic life devoid of indulgences. The group was tightly knit and everything was communally shared. In public, like we previously said, each member of the group always carried a $5 bill and a roll of quarters. Eight of the male members of the group, including Applewhite, voluntarily underwent castration as an extreme means of maintaining a lifestyle. The group initially attempted castration by having one of its members, a former nurse, perform the castration, but this attempt was unsuccessful, almost resulting in the patient's death and caused at least one member to leave Heaven's Gate. Every castration that followed, the first one was done in a hospital. The cultural, or excuse me, the group earned revenue by offering professional website development under the business name Higher Source. The cultural theorist Paul Virillo described the group as a cybersect due to its heavy reliance on a computer-mediated communication prior to its collective suicide. So how about those Nike decades? The infamy caused by the mass suicides of limited availability and their sudden and unceremonious discontinuation have been cited as reasons for the high resale value of Nike decades. So, before we go, let us know your thoughts in the comments section below. Give us a thumbs up if you like our video, subscribe to the channel, and as always, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. 
and check us out on Good Pods. And if you want to support the channel, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNS. Your support helps your channel grow, upgrade our equipment, bring in new hosts, pay them, and hopefully take this show on the road someday. You have been listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast and on Twitter at True Crime NS. And follow us on Instagram at True Crime Never Sleeps. Thanks for watching. If you want to support the show, buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNN or become a patron at patreon.com slash True Crime Never Sleeps.